G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis. At sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Greenlife Group, your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to the first serve. Great to have your company on this uh, Monday night. Brett Phillips in the chair. We do it every Monday night right across the SEN network. We talk the world of tennis. And there is plenty going on very, very far from where we are, Miami. I was there two years ago. The first version at the new Hard Rock Stadium, well, not new Hard Rock Stadium, but the first time Miami Open had been at the Hard Rock Stadium, and it was it was fantastic. But I was watching the players today, just remembering how hot it can get in Miami. Not necessarily the temperature, but the actual humidity. And to watch uh, Daniel Medvedev today, like a crab, for that uh, last little part of the game against Alexei Popperin, and to watch a few other players because some matches have gone the journey on both the men's and the women's tour during this uh, Miami Open. So they are certainly earning their money. Happy to take your calls tonight. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Or you can get us on the uh, Tennis Direct text 0433981116. Tennis Director Australia's favourite online tennis store. Fast delivery, great prices, uh, free delivery on orders over $150. Great supporters of ours. You can go direct to their website, tennisdirect.com.au right now. First serve listeners can get a 10% discount uh, store-wide. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Love to take uh, your calls. Anything you'd like to talk about, Miami, anything bubbling around domestically, a good tennis story that we might know about here at the First Serve. You have a forum here every Monday night. For an hour, you can call up whenever you like. You call, we put you to air, and you're guaranteed to get a prize. No doubt about that. So give us a call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Got the Sunblessed sunscreen to give away, uh, their first serve tennis sunscreen, which is an absolute beauty. And if you do go on their website, sunblessedsunscreens.com.au, and use the discount code SCN, uh, you'll get a, a nice little uh, discount. It'll be delivered to your front door. Uh, also, uh, thanks to Australia's hype sneaker label, Athletican, we've got the uh, sneakers to give away. Uh, first serve 15 for 15% off if you go to their website, Athletican. That's A-T-H-L-E-T-I-K-A-N.com. We've got a pair of those to give away tonight. Also, copies of Daphne Ackers, the woman behind the trophy. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Let's bring you up to speed what is happening with uh, Miami. It is the biggest tournament that's been played, of course, since the Australian Open in the last uh, month. We've had players going here, there and everywhere, but the men and the women coming together uh, to play at the Miami Open. So the fourth round is set up like this. So from an Australian perspective, Ash Barty is still alive, and that is a good thing. She's building. Got a big match uh, coming up uh, early hours. Uh, Not kind to us uh, here in Australia, I've got to say, the 2 a.m. stars. Ash does love getting out early, and playing at 11am. That's, uh, of course, her background of having uh, been born in Queensland, where it is uh, very, very light early. And that suits Ash Barty, because she's up with the birds. She likes to get out early, get the job done, and uh, get back to the hotel. So a huge match uh, coming up around about 2am tomorrow morning up against Victoria Azarenka. But it's great to have 
some Australian representation. Uh, Marketa von Drusova up against Arena Sabalenka. So if Barty can get through that match, you would probably back in Sabalenka against von Drusova. Sabalenka's got a 3-2 head-to-head over Barty. And we know what she brings to the table. One of the most exciting female players in the game. Uh, power, energy, intensity. Up against Ash, who plays a very different style of game. So one game at a time. She's got to beat Vika first, who's obviously come off a pretty good 2020. The other part of that side of the draw, Savastova's got through with a walkover. Simona Halep having to pull out with the injury. Anna Conju, that's a good comeback story. Missed a lot of tennis, a very good 18-year-old who was struck down with a lot of injuries in the last few years. So defeated one of the hottest players on the tour, Igor Sviontek, in the last round, 6-4-2-6-6-2. So that's another fourth-round match. And then Petra Gavitova up against Alina Svitolina. 1-300-736-736. Give us a call. We want to certainly take your calls uh, tonight here on uh, the first serve. And then the other side of the women's draw uh, for Miami, uh, Bianca Andrescu. Quite simply, when she plays, she wins more often than not. And she's played such limited tennis in the last uh, couple of years. Uh, pulled out a, a great win against Anna Samova, uh, 7-6, 6-7, 6-4. She'll play Garbina Muguruza, who's in good form. How about uh, Sarah's, uh, Sarubas Tormo, the Spaniard? with that uh, service action that I just cannot watch, uh, to take on on Jabeur, who's going beautifully as well, just consistent. And uh, Shane Leonage, of course, from Data Driven Sports Analytics and uh, part of one of our uh, podcasts, uh, Crunching the Numbers, last year, which you can go back and listen to all the episodes at our website, thefirstserve.com.au. He is right in the on Jabeur camp, doing a lot of work. So, Shane, if you're listening in tonight, you can take some of the credit for this. Uh, Jessica Pagula, how good she going post the Australian Open? She is putting together some great performances. Uh, she'll play Maria Sakari of Greece, and then Elise Merton's up against Osaka, who got the walkover. What we'd probably love to see, well, I'd love to see, down the stretch of this week, Barty v Osaka. Because Naomi's been running hot. Ash is trying to get her season going. I think it'll be a great matchup for the last part of the week. And obviously there's a bit riding on the rankings. I mean, we'd probably love to see from an Australian perspective, Osaka knocked out uh, much earlier. We'll go into the rankings with Courtney Walsh in just a little while. So that's the women's side. The men, well, John in Kensington, you're going to lead us in beautifully to uh, a young man who today certainly didn't do himself a disgrace at all. And that's Alexi Popperin, who took on Daniel Nevedev. John, now welcome to the first serve. Yeah, hey buddy. Uh, yeah, look, I, I was I was impressed with him with his game, but I was even more impressed with Yannick Sinner because I watched that and look, he was down and out. He lost the first set and he was struggling with the heat, and and then all of a sudden it was like he flicked the switch, and he just like tore through that tiebreaker in the second set, and then when he had to hold his nerve, I don't think I've ever seen him play under pressure as good as that because. Um, the one turning point in that match was, I don't know if you saw it, but yep. the, he, that guy, that Russian guy, always gives him problems, right? He's a really good player. That catch guy. it off, and yep. Catch it off, that's right. Now, he, he didn't half on his off shot. And he was about two metres from the back of the court, you know? And it was on, I think it was on break point, it might have been 30, 30 all at 5-4. And he, he just ran it down and over went across court and got the point and then just served it up from there. And I thought, wow, you know, um, 
he just showed a lot of maturity. Uh, there's, in that there's some great young guys on the tour, John. This is a really exciting time, and they're, they're getting a chance to shine in Miami because there's no Nadal, there's no Djokovic, there's no team. We know Roger's not there, so we're getting a look. Uh, we know that you know Medvedev's been there a little while now, and those guys just underneath Sitsipas and, and Co inside the top ten. But we're getting an, 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 maybe a, a further look at the next rung, who uh, for a few of them on that side of the draw could be in a semi-final. I'll run through that in just a moment. Good on you, John. I appreciate your call. I'll put you back down. We're going to give you a prize, John. We'll go deep into the prize cabinet. We've got plenty here. We'll get all your details and we'll certainly look after you. So the men, the way the fourth round looks, uh, Medvedev, I'll, I'll get to the Popper match here today. So Medvedev to play Francis TFO. That was the late match that finished uh, this afternoon. Gee, Wayne Ferreira is is a pretty integral part now, uh, the two-time Australian Open semi-finalists in the TFO camp, just trying to get him to the uh, next level. He's a huge talent. Uh, the American uh, pulled off a really good win against Laovic. Uh, John Isner over Felix Auger. Aliasine to play now. Bautista Ragut. How good's the young uh, guy from Finland going? Emil uh, Rusevori. He is uh, putting together some good tennis. I've had a good look at him in the last uh, three or four weeks, and uh, he won... Uh, the Scandinavian battle against uh, Mikael Emo of uh, Sweden. So he'll play Yannick Sinner, who John's just been pumping up. We know what he's been putting together, Sinner, over the last uh, couple of years. So he's going to be at the business end of a lot of these tournaments. Taylor Fritz, I thought, pulled out a really good win against Cam Norrie today up against Alexander Bublik. So he is the Kyrgios of Kazakhstan. Why is it that the bad boys who have this love-hate relationship with tennis, they are so talented? So if they absolutely loved the game and got the absolute best out of themselves, gee, be pretty exciting at the top. Bublik can play any shot on the court. We know Kyrgios can. We know Benoit Paire can do some unbelievable things, but they have this love-hate relationship with tennis. Most of the time they hate it, but they're out there. And, uh, and Bublik, um, well, you know, today, I mean, really, I-, I thought he was let off the hook a little by James Duckworth, who led 3-1, the Aussie, in the first set and led 3-love in the second. Unfortunately, Ducks just couldn't take his opportunities. And you give a guy like Bublik a little opening and Ducks loves to get him. We know that. Uh, some of his passing shots were uh, extraordinary off uh, both wings. He is an amazing talent to pull back uh, two deficits. So Fritz to play uh, Bublik. And then uh, the other side, uh, coming up in the early hours of uh, tomorrow, Schwartzman Manorino, Karatsev, our man, the giant slayer, is still there up against Sebastian Corder. Good matchup. Going to go through the father-sons. Another father-son who's about to go around this week. Uh, Marin Cilic up against Musetti. We know the Italian is uh, certainly one we're putting an asterisk next to. Uh, inside the top 100 for the first time. I love Martin Fucevic. This guy from Hungary is one of the toughest players on the tour to beat. Thanasi just couldn't quite get there over the weekend. Thanasi Kokonakis losing that one in three. But uh, Thanasi, good to see him play three matches. And we hope now that he gets some real continuity. So Fucevic to play Rublev. They've already met this season. That should be a beauty. Shapovalov up against Herkash. Umbe up against Raonic, who was very good in dispensing with Jordan Thompson. Uh, flying under the radar as much as he can for a guy so big. Uh, big Milos, but he's playing pretty solid tennis. Um, Galan defeated Demon Orb. Bit disappointing for Demon uh, to exit that early in the tournament. Up against Sonego, the Italian Nishikori to play Sitsipas. So there's some really good matchups uh, still left in the uh, Miami draw. But uh, we might have a quick listen to uh, Ash Barty because she has spoken 
uh, leading into this match uh, tomorrow morning with uh, Victoria Azarenka, but reflecting on her win against Yelena Ostapenko on the weekend and the year ahead as the Aussies are on the road. Today felt like it was a lot sharper and I felt like I was really switched on and ready to go from from the very first point. And uh, I give myself another opportunity to try and do that again um, in another match in, in a couple of days' time. And I think that's probably the most pleasing thing is that each each day we continue to learn, each day we continue to grow and, and continue to try and develop our game and and learn from, learn from our mistakes, learn from um, all experiences that we have. And you were first on, uh, you know, uh, grandstand today. Do you have a preference uh, as a professional, you know, to be early on and off or to, you know, play later in the afternoon or even at night? Oh, the scheduling today was because we were meant to play doubles in the afternoon. And unfortunately, um, Jen was unable to, to get on the court this afternoon. So that was purely from a, a schedule uh, basis to obviously if you're playing doubles, you, you typically play earlier in the day. But um, as, as an Aussie, I feel like a lot of us are early risers, particularly in Brisbane. The sun's up at, at 4.30 in the morning during summer. So uh, we're, we're early birds and um, I, I do enjoy playing uh, first on, but then there are also really, really special moments um, playing in night sessions and, and later in the day as well. Obviously your first trip out of Australia in over a year, is it kind of feel surreal or just like old hat or different, you know, just talk, talk a little bit about that experience. Without a doubt, it's different. Um, I think the, the whole world has had this enormous adjustment um, to, to the way that we live. And um, obviously with the circumstances that we're in, um, we're, we're playing in a bubble. And I think um, the brilliant thing is that we are in a safe environment, play and do what we love and, and have the opportunity to play professional tennis. But um, traveling was certainly bizarre. Without a doubt, the airports, I'd, I'd never seen quite like that before. But um, all in all, we, we feel like uh, we're very comfortable with the fact that the tour has created a safe environment for us to play. And I think ultimately that's that's why we decided to to come out and play again. And, and we're enjoying every minute. And just talk a little bit about the match today outside of the two love that she had in the second set. You seem to use the court well and expand it to your strengths also kind of kept her a little on nerve. Yeah, it's, that, that was the goal today was to, to try and bring bring the tennis back to my kind of rhythm um, as, as often as possible and as quickly as possible in points. And she obviously has the ability to take that away from you quite quickly, particularly off seven first shot and, and off her return. So it was about um, being patient at times and and making sure that we tried our best to, to neutralize and, and then bring the game back in back in our favor. Before leaving Australia and during the, the season over here, you and Thais were talking about setting up bases uh, overseas because you're going to be away for so long what did you finally conclude with um, as far as bases are concerned and and how often are you going to go to wherever they might be it's at the moment still quite difficult to plan more than more than a week or two ahead so at the moment obviously we're we're excited to to be playing here in Miami and then into Charleston then we know that um, there's only a, a small little window between um, Charleston and Stuttgart. So I think that's that's quite an easy one. And I think that the season will feel like, uh, you know, touch wood that everything stays safe for us to play and we're able to play in all of the scheduled tournaments that, that we've seen so far. But it should roll on quite nicely. Um, and we're hopefully playing playing deep in tournaments and, and really busy playing matches. How long are you going to stay away? Is it going to be a case of maybe coming back home after Wimbledon or staying right through to the end of the U.S. Open. And when you left Brisbane, were there tears and all that at the airport with, with the, uh, the the children and your parents and the family? Ties and I ultimately prepared to, to stay away for the season. Obviously, with the quarantine laws that, that are in Australia, we, we do our two weeks quarantine in a hotel and 
um, there's actually not a lot of space in the season to be able to do that um, just to just to get home for the two weeks. So uh, at this stage, yeah, we're planning to be away till till after US Open and potentially right to the end of the season. And without a doubt, it was something that was new to me, um, new to try and wrap my head around and comprehend that we're, we're going to be away for such an extended period. And uh, of course, uh, there were tears uh, the days leading up. There were tears when when I did finally leave and and then when we left and then we're delayed and had to leave again, like it was, it was all kind of happening and um, no, but I'm, I'm certainly happy to be here now. We're in the rhythm um, of, of playing. Uh, and I think being back out on court and competing is bringing a smile to my face. Played Vika, I think most recently at Fed Cup uh, a couple of years ago. So it was still, still a while ago now. And I know she had an exceptional year last year and uh, she's a, she's a great friend of mine, a, a brilliant player and someone who I, I respect and I look up to a lot for, for the way she's handled herself throughout her career. And uh, just as a follow-up, you were talking about your schedule. Um, a lot of players have said this year, so I think um, less events and make more time off because sometimes it can be like mentally taxing to be stuck in a bubble environment. Are you towards looking that, like that or is it going to be like you're going to be playing like almost every like event that's possible? There may be a few events added this year. Without a doubt, it's, it's important to make sure that you're fit and firing and healthy and um, that's, that's your mental health as well. And um, knowing that Weeks on the road can take its toll, but um, we'll do everything we can to be fresh and ready for, for all the tournaments that, that we do play. It's all exciting. My my next match will be extremely tough. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting another chance to play out here. It's a brilliant event. Uh, I think for me, it's one of the, the most special weeks in my career from 2019. Obviously, the first time I broke into the top 10 and, and one of my the biggest title of, of my career at that stage. And I think uh, it's a week that I look back on and it brings a smile to my face. Um, we have so many incredible memories from that week. And, and I think every time you come back to a place where you've had special memories or, or good results and good, good weeks, uh, it's always exciting to be back. So it's, it's nice to be back this week and, and playing some good tennis. Uh, indeed it is. Uh, Ash Bailey, some really good insights. And the fact now she's pretty much going to be on the road for the entire year. It just makes no sense. There aren't really any windows uh, to come back to Australia. So she may add on some events that she normally uh, wouldn't have played in, in normal circumstances. So we'll wait and see for Ash. But first things first, Victoria Azarenka uh, tomorrow morning. We need to get a break in here on the first serve. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you want to give us a call, we'll take some calls straight out of the break. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We'll wrap up the Aussies. A lot of other talking points as well. The first serve, your home of tennis. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Indeed it is. Brett Phillips with you on a Monday night. We're always talking the world of tennis right throughout the year. This is the one sport that never stops. And, of course, you can keep an eye on our website daily, thefirstserve.com.au, all our socials. There are tournaments going left, right and centre, and hopefully we're keeping you right up to date any time you log on. A little shout-out for Hume Tennis and Community Centre. They're one of Australia's premier tournament and training venues, just 15 minutes from Melbourne Airport, 16 ITF-sized courts and accommodation available. It is the Mini Melbourne Park. It's ideal for the travelling coaching groups and families. So check out humetennis.com.au. Loving taking your calls tonight, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Adam's in one turner. Adam, great to have you part of the show. Oh, yeah, g'day, BP. I just wanted to get your uh, thoughts, if I could, on the impact of social media in the in the tennis aura in the community. Explain a little further to me. 
Um, yeah, you know, just I noticed over the summer, just amongst my family, that you know, I grew up, you know, re- really interested in the likes of your Pat Rathers and the Pete Sampras, and I don't know whether it is that I didn't know what they did or didn't do off the court, but there was an aura about those those, those players that was sort of just purely tennis based, and I wonder if, if nowadays, when you get the likes of uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, the top tens that have social media, uh, you know, footprints over the world, and we know more about them off the court than off the court. If you think that's a negative or a positive in, in tennis itself? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a negative, uh, I've got to say. I mean, I, as a broadcaster, whether I'm covering tennis or footy, I mean, you always want to know a little bit more uh, behind the scenes of uh, the people that you're talking about because, you know, we're making judgments certainly on the athlete, not the person, when we're dissecting results on a week-to-week basis. But it's good to know the big picture is someone which gives you a more rounded view as to why they're performing at the level they are or why they're not performing at the level that they um, they can. So, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge person on social media. I certainly don't sit there 24-7 flicking through, and there is so much to consume, let me tell you, uh, with uh, players and, and tennis and everything else. But, uh, look, I think, you know, certainly from our show's point of view, we want to get to know the person as as well as the tennis player as much as we possibly can. So I don't see it as a, a massive negative. Hang on there, Adam. Uh, got a prize for you. We'll dig into the cabinet. Everyone who calls in tonight, there is a prize for you. We've got the Athletic and Sneakers. got the Sunblessed Sunscreen. We've got copies of Daphne Akers' book, and we'll uh, deliver those to everyone this week. Uh, Charlie's in Turak. Hi, Charlie. Brett Phillips, how are you going? Going well. What do you got? Uh, just in regards to Roger Federer and um, Rafa Nadal and, and Serena Williams at retirement, there's a lot of money involved. Um, all these players at the top, you know, the Cornea and the Stana Zazarenka and the Novak Djokovic's and, and the Victoria Azarenka's and the Kerbers and, and all that. Yeah. Um, it's a lot, it's too hot, it's too hot, Brett. It's too hot to be to be get out there playing in forty degree weather in the in the sunshine. But anyway, yeah, I just I just think there's a lot of greed going on. Federer, Fed Express, my brother, by the way, a lot of greed. And um, well, you know, it's uh, well, it's not bad, but um, they could do a lot better by um by mixing it up and giving a few other people a chance. Maybe they're just too good, you know. Yeah, uh, interesting call, Charlie. I mean, well, they have known. I mean, yeah, the top of the men's game, you know, Roger, Rafa, Novak have been uh, too good for a, a long, long time. But I tell you what, uh, there's the change of the guard is is happening. It's good. Uh, we're going to be blessed um, with uh, the next crop, who aren't going to achieve the numbers of those three. But for me, I want Serena and Roger and Rafa to keep going as long as they can stand vertical on a tennis court and break records. I, I love that. I think the next crop can wait as far as I'm concerned. But I also don't mind seeing them break through. So uh, it's a good time. It's a good time when you've got those top stars still playing really well and they're hungry to uh, take the scalp of the younger ones who are trying to take their scalp. I think that's when you've got the best tennis. So we can go back through the eras and dissect all that. Charlie, got a prize for you. Hang on, we'll get all your details. Uh, John's in Gisborne. John? How are you, Brett? Good, good. John. Uh, I, I'd just like to say how much I'm... Truly, hearing Ash Barty being interviewed, she always gives such an honest in- interview and always includes uh, her whole team in yes. each interview, saying "we" yeah, all the does. time, not just her. No, 
it's always we. It's always uh, her and Ties and, and everyone else, uh, the strength and conditioning team, Nikki, her manager. It's a, it's a team, and that's how she refers. She loves her team sport, so she's grown up in that team sport mentality of including everyone else. But, look, she's polished. Uh, she's um, had to do a lot of media, more media in the last probably two years than she'd done in the years previous, and that's because of you know her status in the game now. But, yeah, it's, she can be... Um, she can be challenging too. I mean, Ash has sort of become quite line and length. So you, you've got to dig a little deeper. That's our responsibility on this side of the microphone to try and ask her some you know, intelligent questions, some questions that will provoke uh, a real thought. Um, you know, and that, you know, Sometimes the Junos in there aren't necessarily firing like the players are. Players can do all of those and the Junos can walk in there and just ask some really off questions. I've sat in many uh, press conferences at the tennis and there's some peculiar questions uh, that certainly get asked. But... Look, she is a great ambassador, Ash Barty, on and off the court. As she has said, tennis won't define her, but this is a big year for her to be now out on the road for all the Australians. It's going to be a real challenge. Some will handle the bubble life better than others, uh, but Ash is one. If she can keep playing a lot of matches and be in that rhythm and routine, I think she'll be able to handle it pretty well. Good on you, John. Uh, got uh, plenty of prizes to give away tonight. We'll get all your details as well. Specky's out on the road. Specky, welcome to the first serve. G'day, VP. How are you, mate? Going well, thank you. Hey, VP, I caught up with an old mate of mine, an old uh, football mate, Benny Robertson, who's doing a hell of a lot of work behind the scenes for the well-being of Australian tennis players. Do you know him at all? Uh, uh, what's his first name? Ben Ben Robertson. Okay. Well, work, working at Tennis Australia. I was just, I was absolutely yep. gobsmacked down with him for about an hour, a couple of pots of beer, and just hear just what his year's been like in regards to um, supporting these young people and, and getting them up and up and about, and he does a lot of work with you know the right the whole spectrum of adult tennis all the way through down through to the talent squads of under 14s. Yep. Yeah, I've heard the name. Yep, fellas around, but uh, just just the work that goes in behind the scenes to get to get out our Australian tennis players at to the level of to become elite players. It's, it's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's uh, it's a, a pathway and. I think TA, like a lot of organisations, and we've seen, let's just you know, look at 18 footy clubs in the, the biggest sport in this country, putting a lot more into that player welfare area because it is more than just the athlete. It's the person that you're trying to grow as well. And, and tennis is a tough sport. It's pretty brutal out there. And a lot of players will go straight into the pros. Others are going down the college path to have a bit of a backup plan academically if tennis doesn't quite uh, work out. And that's not for everyone. Uh, but it's about, you know, coming out of the sport, I suppose, with uh, a, a worldly uh, view and, and, and not just being in that bubble. I mean, we had Todd Lay on. I encourage anyone to go back and listen to our podcast of our live show last week. Todd Lay, who was, uh, what, you know, the first young player at 11 uh, to get a contract with IMG into the Boletary Academy at 12. And by 17, the sport had spat him out. And, that, and it's been tough for him to deal with in the last 10 to 15 years. He's trying to come out the other side of that. So I think tennis and a lot of sports will learn a lot of lessons about uh, the person, not just uh, the athlete, but the person and really making sure they come out of the system in good nick. Uh, good on you, Specky. I've uh, got a prize for you as well, my friend. Uh, hang on the line. Quick wrap-up of the Aussies before we go to the break. So Barty's still alive, which is great in Miami. Isla Tomjanovic, uh, good win against Potapova. And then, gee, she served for the first set against Naomi Osaka, lost in a tight one. Seven six six four. Look, Isla is probably where I think she probably is now. I, 
I know she got to 39 in the world, and her game is pretty sound. But uh, it's just at times when you're playing the better players, they make you uh, overhit. And, you know, Osaka can just control, you know, that controlled aggression. They, they are coming through thick and fast, uh, ground strokes, but they can be really controlled at the same time. Uh, for Isla, it, it just not quite having that ability. She's pressed a lot of these players really close, taking a set, and uh, she's defeated, you know, a couple of more accomplished players along the journey. But, you know, I don't think we're going to be sort of hanging our hat that Isla Tomlanovich is going to be having really any sort of deep run at those major WTA events or a Grand Slam. Storm Sanders, I do think there's some upside to Storm. Uh, she's 188 in the world. Had a real chance to take that to three against the informed Jessica Pagula. We love the lefty. So we just want to see her play a full year on the tour, Storm. And hopefully by year's end, she can be really knocking on the door of the top 100. Quick wrap-up of the men. Demon Ory be disappointed with that, losing in three. Highly competitive. He's got to get his season going. He's there at uh, 23 in the world. The toughest jump now is to try and get inside that top 20. The calibre of player in front of him, it's enormous. So um, he'll go to the clay now and try and build some momentum. Tomo, disappointing loss to Ranich. Had a good win against Elbonis in the first round. Uh, had the neck injury. So trying to build into the year at 61. Can he get out of that 50, 60, 40 region? Not quite sure. I, I, I love his competitiveness. I love the fact that he makes life pretty difficult for his opponents, but he just doesn't quite have that weapon that may take him to the next level. Uh, Popperin's got huge upside. Today against Medvedev, we go back to the Australian Open when they last played and uh, Daniil basically blew him off the court. So the development in 18 months of Alexi Popperin, and we'll hear a little bit of him after the next break. He's well managed. He's got a good coaching team around him. His mum's there as that family link just to uh, have some sort of normality, if you like, in the tennis bubble. Big serve, big forehand, directs the ball around the court really well. So Medvedev today is a step up. Just his weight of shot and what he can do is just that step up. But two to 82 in the world, the margins are very, very small when you lose in the manner that he did. But I'll tell you what, 2-5 down in that second set, he could have easily just said, this is all too hard. And he picked himself off the canvas to uh, take that second set tiebreaker. And then, yeah, Medvedev, I mean, he was, well, legless, really. He could not stand up at the end. So Alexi probably disappointed down the stretch. He didn't um, take advantage of that. James Duckworth lost to Bublik today, 6-4, 6-4. So Duck is also a very good player to watch. I mean, he loves to, he's got a decent serve. He loves to get in serve volley or certainly get to the net. So he can play in any part of the court. It's just trying to finish off these matches or build on the advantage of these sets and he just can't quite get to that next level. It's tough. Chris O'Connell, boy, oh, boy, that was some sort of match against uh, Joao Souza, who, well, I think his first ATP main draw win in about 15 months. We know that he was off the uh, tour for uh, the indiscretion, but seven six six seven seven five. You know, it's just stiff that someone has to lose. He, he's dynamic, O'Connell, at that backhand. He's absolute world class. It's not not just the Vavrinka Federer uh, single handed really um, coming through with uh, some momentum with that backhand. He can play three or four different type backhands to great effect. And Thanasi, well, I think he'll build no doubt. He's at two twenty three, but he just needs to keep playing some tennis, and the wins will start to come. You lose to Fuchovic, seven six six seven six four, a bit like O'Connell, very very small margins. A quick break. Back with more on the first serve. Your calls and uh, Courtney Walsh to try and explain the rankings to the layman out there because it's damn complicated. 
Reverse Surf Tennis Sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis. At sunblessunscreens.com.au And GLG Green Life Group. Your open space specialists. At glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis. Welcome back. Uh, Brett Phillips with you on a Monday night. We're talking the world of tennis as we do. Keep an eye on our website, thefirstserve.com.au. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. The father's sons we love. Sasha Zverev, Kasper Rude, Sebastian Korda. What about young Leo Berg? It's doubtful whether Sweden's Leo Berg has managed to get to the... Uh, Leo Borg, I should say. What did I say? Berg. Uh, Leo Borg has managed to get to the end of a single interview without the subject of his father being raised in some form. Spoiler alert, this one was no different. But when you are following in the footsteps of 11-time Grand Slam singles champion Bjorn Borg, arguably one of the finest players to ever pick up a racket, there is going to be scrutiny, and there certainly has been. When Borg Jr. was handed a wildcard entry to qualifying for the 2019 Junior Championships at Wimbledon, his dad's old stomping ground, having won five Grand Slam titles there, he became the centre of a media storm. Understandably, especially given he was just 15 years old at the time, Borg was guarded, wary of saying too much. In the end, he quite reasonably spoke about blocking out comparisons and just focusing on himself. Well, two years on, things are a little different. The questions and history lessons remain, but Borg appears more at ease with the subject, largely because his tennis is actually starting to do some of the talking. His quote uh, this week, I'm getting there and people are judging me more on my tennis and not simply focusing on me being beyond Borg's son. He's playing a challenger in Spain as a wild card this week, and he's actually got... I think a wild card into qualifying for the ATP event uh, in that event in Marbella in Spain. So there's a challenger and an ATP event over the next uh, two weeks. We'll continue to uh, monitor, uh, of course, uh, Leo Borg, the son of the great Beyond Borg. Uh, Courtney Walsh is the leading tennis writer for The Australian. He tonight is going to try and explain the rankings. Walsh, great to have you back on the show. Yeah, good evening, Brett. Uh, I've got... uh the complex matrix in front of me, and I've also got a dartboard. And uh, I do feel like uh, probably more accuracy with the darts, and I'm not a great darts yeah. player. All right. Well, she, we've got a few minutes here. Let's just try and paint a little picture because it is uh, complicated. And, and and I think there's a lot of people who would say freezing the world rankings due to COVID was qu- probably quite a sensible decision by the governing bodies last year as uh, there was plenty of tournaments that did fall by the wayside. But the trouble is actually restarting them effectively, which is causing a lot of divided opinion as to what should and shouldn't be done. Look, no doubt about that. And I suppose the most obvious uh, players who have been targeted for some criticism, and I think absolutely incorrectly in my view, uh, Ash Barty as the world number one and Roger Federer uh, being inside the top ten um, you've obviously also had Bianca Andreescu, who's a former US Open champion a couple of years ago. She didn't play at all in 2020. Um, similar to Barty, was off the tour all the way through the COVID period. Yep. Um, and yet they retain their rankings inside the top 10, and that brings with it certain privileges when they return to the tour. So some people are critical of that. I, I think they had no other option but to put into action a rankings plan that would enable... Uh, protection if players couldn't travel, which was clearly the case last year for some. And, and we still don't know. I mean, there'll be still issues, I think, this year uh, in terms of players being able to get to events. Nick Kyrgios, for example, is not uh, travelling at the moment. So, no. you know, it's going to be effective for some players. Yeah, no doubt. So 
Just on the WTA side, because the WTA and the ATP are taking a, a little bit of a different stance here. So the points from the 2019 events that weren't played in 2020, but are scheduled in 2021, will drop off after two years. That includes Miami, meaning that Ash Barty, who won Miami two years ago, will drop those 1,000 points next Monday and replace them with her 2,021 results. So in the live WTA rankings at the moment, this is why it's a fascinating week ahead for Ash. I mean, she's 416 points ahead of Osaka. And then the points from 2019 events on the WTA Tour that weren't played last year and are not scheduled for this year will drop off when that event is next scheduled. So the best example of that is Indian Wells. So the players will hang on to those points they earned at Indian Wells in 2019 until further notice to whether we know whether Indian Wells actually goes ahead this year, Walshy. Yeah, look, that's absolutely right. So we've got, I suppose, two slightly different ways uh, the two respective tours are approaching this. But both begin to be enacted this week. And again, I think Barty and Federer are the good examples to use. So Barty and Federer were the champions in 2019 in Miami. Yep. Barty loses the entirety of her 1,000 ranking points she earned. Now, she's obviously trying to recoup them. Uh, she's through a fourth round, as we know, mm. uh, playing Victoria as a ranker. Federer, who is not playing this week, he loses 500 points. So he loses half his ranking points. So effectively, for the next few months, up until midway through August, when Cincinnati Masters is on, which is basically uh, where the tour began again last year for the men after the tour suspension, players in the men's ranks can take half the points that they earned in 2019, like Federer has this week, or, for example, like Kyrgios has with 45 points. He, he got 90 points a couple of years ago. Yep. And or if they actually play those events and do better, they can take those 2021 results. And so, for example, for someone like Kyrgios, if he made the the fourth round or the quarterfinals, if he was playing this week, he would take those points instead of the points that you know he, he got a couple of years ago. But again, for Nick, for example, uh, he won Washington DC uh, in 2019, beat Medvedev in that final. Uh, you know, a really good win. Mm. There doesn't seem much point necessarily for him to play that tournament unless he can win it again because he'll get half the points, which is effectively making the final. So, you know, it gives him some options. But if you get beaten in the first round, you obviously want to go and get, you know, more points. Uh, that, that would make sense. On the women's ranking, so as we see, effectively from now, if the tournament's been played, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, the points will start to drop off. Yep. There are some exceptions to that rule, um, as we know. So there'll be a case with Iggy's uh, Vantec, the French Open champion last October. She keeps those points for winning the French Open regardless of how she fares in the French Open in the few, you know, a couple of months' time this year. And those points from winning it in October last year will drop off uh, you know, in about six months' time when we get back to when that tournament was played. So it, it certainly there can be some confusion, but good rule of thumb, I think, is if, you, if the tournament was played in 2019... Yes but not in 2020. You know, in the women's, that the points are going to start dropping off completely. Mm-hmm. And in the men's, they're going to half, half of them are going to drop off from basically from now on. So that gives you a sort of a rule of thumb. And then by about Cincinnati and the men's rankings will just about be back to the full cycle. The women's rankings will take a bit longer to get back to the full, you know, regular cycle. That, that's almost another year away, but that's, uh, that's the way that will play out. So hopefully, Walsh, I mean, hopefully the world remains uh, fairly stable over the coming months and we have some normality that rankings, you know, should slowly right themselves 
as we get you know right into the rhythm of the tours this year. No doubt, and look, I think what's probably happened is that by and large, it's it's protected to an extent that the players that were already ranked inside the top 100. But we have seen players capable of making moves, and Alexis Popper is an example of that sort of breaking into the top 100 after that uh, that win uh, a few weeks back uh, you know, in Singapore and then you know, continuing his good form. So he's been one that's been able to break back into the top 100. So it's not been beyond players outside the top 100 to make some moves as long as they've been able to play. But by and large, it's protected someone like Kyrgios, who hasn't wanted to travel yep. until this stage. Barty, who hadn't necessarily wanted to travel either, uh, you know, did afford them some protection. Well, she, it's uh, it, it's not a straightforward thing. I'm probably a lot of people out there who have just been closing their eyes trying to dissect all that. But I think you know <laughs> certainly, uh, you know, read the information. Um, yeah, it, it's there. It's uh, you know the, the the rankings. Well, I suppose I've always been a point of uh, you know conjecture at uh, at different times. In fact, just before I let you go, I mean, I didn't want to get too deep into this, but the the story around sort of you know Benoit Pair is an interesting one because. Um, I think he's ranked about, what, 31 in the rankings. He's obviously received a fair bit of criticism uh, for recent comments suggesting that he was content with receiving paychecks for first-round defeats at tournaments. I mean, he's an interesting character. Um, he's not happy with a lot of the protocols that are going on on the circuit at the moment and that he should be penalised um, you know, for uh, for basically uh, tanking Walshie. Oh, look, I, I don't doubt that he's breaching best efforts clauses uh, and that there are certainly... Uh mechanisms in place to uh, to punish him. And that has happened in the last week, obviously, with the, with the fine. Whether he should have been punished before this, I, I think that's probably a, an argument that can be made. And, and even this week, for example, it's not... You know, his ranking would be well in the hundreds now, given he hasn't been able to win matches since he's rejoined the circuit. But by virtue of the protection that he has, he's seated. So he makes the second round this week, you know, via a buy. So, the, so a bigger check again. Um but he's clearly an outlier. You know, other players are certainly struggling, I think, in the bubbles. Yeah. Benoit has had, uh, had bigger issues, and that's, and he's made that clear. And, you know, that's, it's not ideal, but it's, you know, he, I think he would be very much the exception to the rule in terms of exploiting that, that, uh, that mechanism that's in place. Mate, always love the chat. We'll read your great work uh, covering tennis, covering the footy, of course, in the Australia, mate. Really appreciate your time. Absolute pleasure, Rick. Courtney Walsh, uh, just giving us a little take on uh, the rankings, which is a, a big point of discussion on the tour. Yarra Tennis Coaching is Melbourne's independent tennis coaching program. It's at a beautiful Eaglemont Tennis Club run by uh, coach extraordinaire Shane Scrutton. There's programs for every age and standard. You can give Shane a call direct 0414 373 586 or check out au. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Greenlife Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Quick wrap-up on this uh, Monday night here on the First Serve. Loved your calls, your texts uh, this hour. Plenty of prizes coming your way. We're just talking to Courtney Walsh about the rankings and how it's been affected through COVID. I'll tell you one man who's uh, jumped up uh, this week. Gee, we've been blessed from Switzerland the last 20 years. Roger Federer, Stan Vavrinka, Dominic Stefan Stricker. The wild card. Uh, won the Lugano Switzerland Challenger. Well, there was a few Aussies in that draw. Tomic, uh, Sanderland, uh, Vukic, uh, Polmans. But the young Swiss, he's just 18 years of age. He jumped up 452 spots 
to 422 in the world. Is there another young man emerging from Switzerland? We'll keep an eye on that. All thanks to Melbourne's uh, leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialists, Asti Tennis Courts. They're trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. So check out aste.com.au. Ash Barty will be setting the alarm 2am tomorrow morning for Ash up against Vika Azarenka. We'll cover Miami in depth down the stretch this week through our website thefirstserve.com.au and all their socials, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And we'll do it all again next Monday night from 8 o'clock. Hit them well, folks, and have a magnificent week. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.